How do you do it? Guess things. I don't guess. I observe. And once I've observed, I deduce. Wait, wait, wait. You assault our perp with an orange, and that somehow has you convinced he's innocent? Guys like him, they walk between the Hello, my dears, and welcome to Elementary, my dears, the podcast where we put a bee in your bonnet one episode at a time about the hit CBS show, Elementary. I'm your host, George, and here with me always is my co-host, Allison. Hello. Hey. And our guests today are Julia and Rick from the Mad Max Minute podcast, and who are such a big deal that George Miller sends them a Christmas card every year. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Hi there. Welcome. (laughs) Yeah, welcome from the other coast. Yeah. It's a humble Christmas card. It's not too flashy. It, it's not flashy. He's a he's a humble man. He's a good guy. Yeah. It's just simple. <laughs> it just says, thanks, George, and that's it. So, Rick and Julia, you guys do Mad Max Minute, but that's more than just Mad Max the movie. There's several movies included under this umbrella, right? Exactly. There's several Mad Max movies. Right. So, how far have you gotten in the... Uh, franchise. So we kicked off our podcast back in 2017, and we went through all of the four main series Mad Max movies in a couple of years. I think we blew through the first ones because we were releasing five episodes a week, which seems like such an overkill at this point, because by now we've pulled it back to three episodes a week for the later movies, and currently, because we're all out of Mad Max movies, we're watching Waterworld two minutes at a time, and we're releasing one episode a week. So that's been keeping us going for the last several months and is going to keep us going into the next year just to give plenty of time for the fabled Furiosa movie to come out. Oh, right. yes. I'm looking forward so, to that. So uh, do you have another movie after this, or are you just waiting on Furiosa to pop? We have toyed with having another movie after this. We've... We've thrown around a couple of movies. Yeah. I don't think we want to jinx it just yet to, like, tie ourselves down. I've gotten in trouble in the past for What if you listed, like, like, your top three and then no one's committing you? We just want to hear, like, your top three possibilities. What, are the, what, what does the future possibly hold yeah. for the Mad Max Minute franchise? We've thought about branching out from the post-apocalyptic genre and doing something completely different. Happy Gilmore? We were maybe not that different. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that different. <laughs> I think the movie that's on top of my list is Muppet Treasure Island. That's mm. definitely different. Because uh, it is a favorite of both of ours and such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's anything else really on my list. Yeah, no, I'm Julie's always like, yeah, you can have a list, do. Rick. Uh, this is going to be what I want to do. <laughs> I'm always trying to consider, okay, would this movie make a good minute by minute podcast would that like i'm always trying to evaluate like if there was another film in our long list of post-apocalyptic films that we have watched that would make for a good season six so you're really saying sure. you're definitely going to do the postman oh absolutely not i refuse oh, what? on principle what? to watch <laughs> three hours of kevin costner riding a horse come on <laughs> we just watched three hours of kevin costner riding a boat yeah, like, yeah, we're well, done exactly. With him. You're you're on theme. <laughs> I bl- I believe in the in the postman. He drinks way less pee. Oh boy. I feel like that's a really low bar to cross. 
it's Kevin Costner movies. What do you got to work with? <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about like what makes, you know, you're looking for what would make a good um, minute by minute podcast. What is the criteria that you're looking for in a movie? Ooh, see, that is a really good question. That is really hard to answer. And I think all podcasters who do minute by minute movies kind of have to ask themselves that question and they all answer it differently. Mm -hmm. Mm. There is no set criteria for a perfect movie that is good for a minute by minute. I also think it depends on the podcaster, their style of picking it apart. Exactly. You've got Mm. to find a good balance between action, dialogue, and quiet moments. Because you don't want to necessarily pull up a film like... I don't know, The Great Escape, long-ass movie, really an abundance of quiet parts where nothing is really happening or the action is really subtle or the dialogue is very slow. And it's like, how do you crunch that down into a full-length episode based on just one minute? But then on the other hand, you've got crazy intense action scenes where things are constantly going at a mile a minute like, or there's too much. Yeah, there's too, too much, much for one minute to cover, and it becomes incoherent. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I just saw The Green Knight earlier this week. Beautiful movie. Oh, how is Fantastic. it? Fantastic. Yeah? Highly recommended. It. It's wonderful. Would make an awful minute by minute podcast. Oh yeah. It seems awful. like a slow burn movie to me. It's very slow burn. It's very deliberate. A lot of lingering panning shots. It's artistically, it's a masterpiece. It would make an awful minute by minute movie. Yeah. That's I think, interesting, though, because, like, did you guys do Fury Road? Because I feel like that movie did. is, like, balls to the wall for, like, two hours. Mm. There were times when we would spend several episodes in a row, several minutes, with each one boiling down to, you know, <laughs> 20 minutes of conversation of an action scene. Yeah, and it would get intense. What I like about George Miller is that he does break in between doesn't it's not necessarily for long it's not necessarily bringing us all the way back down but there is ebb and flow mm-hmm. mm. yeah uh just recently we watched jungle cruise because it just mm-hmm. came out on disney plus and after watching jungle cruise i got hooked on the idea of agire so i pulled up agire the wrath of god by Werner herzog and i watched that and I thought to myself that possibly the worst type of movie by minute podcast you could do would be about a movie like Agire because there's very little dialogue and it's just a bunch of dudes on a raft staring at the jungle. Which mm. kind of makes me spin off. I think the Mummy movies would make a really good... We've talked about the Mummy movies in the past. Podcast, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we could dip our toes in that Nile. I don't know. <laughs> no, Niall's doing Batman. Right. Yeah, he's going to be busy for a while. Totally different. Yeah, he, he's still got several ahead of him. <laughs> All right, well, um, I guess now we'll kick it off into the actual meat of the show. Yes, let's. Um, let's do it. Uh, today's episode we're talking about is episode 17, possibly, Possibility 2. Not possibly 2. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely 2, but there's a possibility as well. Written by Robert Doherty and Mark Goffman. And directed by Seath Mann. I think that's how you say his name. I think he's directed before because we had trouble pronouncing it on that episode, too. Seth? Is it Seth? I would say Seath. Dark side? Or (laughs) Seath. What? Yeah. So, yeah, um, we open up into the teaser with 
it's not in a dark house. It feels like half several episodes, a good chunk of the majority of the first season are set opening in a dark house for some reason mm-hmm. or other. This is like parking deck, daylight. That's awesome. Hey, mix it up a little bit. Oh, you notice that uh, Johnny Lee Miller sounds stuffy again in this one. Poor guy. I think he has allergies or something. He's a chronically sick, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, um, we are on a rooftop deck. Um, Bell and Holmes and Watson are walking through a crime scene and like there's two dead security guards and... Sherlock lo- like looks at Joan, goes like, "And take it away," and she's like, "Oh shit, okay." Uh, so she starts like looking around and say like, "Well, there's this, and then this, and then she's like, well, and and you know, she's noticing some scuff marks, and she's seeing things." He goes like, "Absolutely wrong, but let's go and talk about why it is right." And then yeah, he apparently there was like a it was like a it was a scam to where a fake security guard would get identity cards out of rich cars and send the email addresses to or the home addresses to his partner and then they would go and rob the place and then the security guard caught him and shot and they shot each other and they both died so instead of both of them being victims it was a victim and a perpetrator going down together um so there's a couple of bad men and then joan figured out some stuff and that was good but sherlock called her out on it um and they have a little moment where it's like you did good it's, well, you did all right. He, you know, said, and, he and tells her not to be discouraged for failing. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I didn't fail and I'm not discouraged. It's like, thank you. Anyway. Am I, yeah, allowed to, then, am I allowed to play armchair quarterback for a moment here? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure. this is what, that's what we do. <laughs> not, We're desk chair quarterbacks. Not that I want to necessarily encourage people to pull this scam that we see at the beginning of the episode, but wouldn't it make more sense instead of stealing the registration out of the car and making it obvious that it was broken into, wouldn't you just use your smartphone in your pocket, take a picture of the registration and send the picture to your associate? That way you can leave everything intact. And if you are shot by a security guard and are lying dead on the ground, people can't rifle through your pockets and find all of the registrations that you stole. Well, then how will they know you did it? Like that's the whole point, George. They're not supposed to figure out how you did it. They're not good criminals, <laughs> otherwise they wouldn't have got caught. Yeah, was, I think you're smarter than these criminals. Maybe he just had a flip phone. And it could because this was like 2013, maybe by this point. I don't know. People had iPhones, but I think yeah. maybe there were still some flip phones and flip phones <laughs> in circulation. Flip, right. yeah. flip flops. I've had flip phones and even slider phones that have halfway decent cameras, and even so, like. Not that, you know, you necessarily want a smart criminal in a procedural, maybe like for a multi-episode arc, but (laughs) for like an opening (laughs) scene, you want them to be dumb, but like, maybe like just text the information. I don't know. It's just, it bothers me that this New York in the, in the elementary Sherlock universe does not have a better class of criminal yet. Well, it well, probably like does, Joker. but they're not the ones being investigated by the police because exactly. they're too they don't smart. Get caught. So that's a good point. The, there's all levels, and you know, these are just the ones that kind of get swept right. up in their own. Like hubris. a parking garage, there are all. Yeah, levels. And do you see the stitches on that security guard patch? It looked like a Boy Scout camp wallet. It's <laughs> trying to make. It was very, very bad stitching. <laughs> Why not get iron on? Yeah, I was gonna say iron yeah. on. There's so much easier. That shit looks so tight. Much faster. Yeah. yeah, it's like he took his jacket to a, I don't know, like a. Russian dry cleaner and have yeah. them sew it on there. Polish dry cleaner. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, we'll get there. I'm planting uh, seeds so, um, before they're there for the wrong plant. Yeah. 
So uh, uh, they're out, they get outside, and of course, as, as is the case, they get confronted by an older gentleman named Crabtree. He's a driver and an attaché. <laughs> and my new favorite character of this episode. He's awesome. <laughs> and uh, we get in the episode, he's like, Would you care to accompany me to the limo? My, my, my pre- employers are prepositioned for you. Proposition. Prop- <laughs> preposition. Preposition. <laughs> he has like some I, grammar for him. He yeah. ends the phrase in them. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, and I was like, is this an indecent proposal? Like, what's it going to be like? I would like a million dollars for a night with you, Sherlock. <laughs> oh, like, boy. Sold. Sold. <laughs> Give me the check. <laughs> He's yours. Um, and then we get, like, another one. I don't know. This show's good about like pulling in these actors. Like you see them in a thousand places, but don't know who they are. Um, I I don't know if you guys looked him up, but I didn't I've seen him, him in a lot of things. Let like, me find him now. I don't know. I I thought of him as not Michael Douglas. I actually called yeah. him mm. methed out Michael Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, methed out Michael of, Douglas. <laughs> that was because it's a hereditary disease he had. Yeah, but he wasn't born with it. It was Maybelline. <laughs> it was Maybelline. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the company that gave it to him. Mm. Man, this guy loves being in TV shows. I'm just scrolling down his list right now. He's in a lot of shows. Yeah. I was okay, his name is Dennis Boutsakaris. Go ahead. I was wondering what kind of living these guys make. Mm. Like, I I, I'm sure they're not like super wealthy, you know, movie stars that we tend to think of actors as being like successful actors are the Brad Pitts and they're just multimillionaires and live in glamour but more common are like the mid-level and lower level which isn't a kind way to say it actors who are just out there working and making a living and I'm just curious how good a living are they making you never know their name but they all do 10 or 11 12 like bits a year where they'll just show up on a show, do like a couple of pages, do a line, maybe have like a really like very minimal subplot. They collect their paycheck, they go home, they do that 10 times a year and they make a really good living off that low key, under the radar, like they're consistent, they're, but they have yeah. like consistent work. They might have and some commercials And it is just like a normal like nine to five job for them. They just like show up for their thing, they punch their time card, they do their thing, they whatever, they go home and then they pay for their house, they pay for their kids' college. It's like, but they're covered because they get paid more than your average individual, but they might work like maybe 20% of the year, yeah. 30% of the year. From the look so of if it. if you get into that consistent like bit part acting, like it's, it's not a horrible way to make a living at all. From the look of it, he really started working in 1980 and he's still working clear through to today he's racked up 118 acting credits yeah and i think maybe most people i guess these days might recognize him from better call saul he was rick schweikart um the, he's the do you guys watch that show we don't uh okay you don't watch that george uh-uh, i've never seen it okay well i won't go into it but he's he's a, <laughs> a regular on that um but yeah i was gonna say also some of these like class of actors might if they get on the right show or movie they might get residuals from things not that can not and also not to keep our beef going but he looks like a stunt double for mark maron (laughs) i didn't pick up on that but that yeah he looks at first point you could be like oh is that maron no it's not maron maron couldn't get that work if he (laughs) if he was in new york maybe Marin's too selective. He's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm only going to do Netflix shows, whatever. I don't do network. 
I'm too busy interviewing Obama. <laughs> but I will garage. say, this guy, um, Dennis Boutsakaris, I think he does such a good job with his character because he feels really specific and, and like, this is a fully formed person. He feels, like, kind of arrogant, kind of like he enjoys hearing him himself speak like um and also he's got a crazy ass thing to tell him was like so here's the thing yeah. i'm super fucking rich i have all these patents i'm like i'm like basically like american royalty someone is killing me with a hereditary disease but i don't have the hereditary genes for this disease <laughs> yeah. figure it out yeah and everyone's like you're insane yeah yeah Julie, you know what this I, I, I love that sort of like weird opening type vibe. It's like, okay, this is going to be interesting because it's like, this is some crazy shit. It's an impossible problem. And and then we get to watch them. Make it possible. Yeah. Possibility too. So this setup for a problem reminds me of a show that Julie and I have been watching on YouTube a lot called Taskmaster, where... People walk into a room and there's a little envelope on the table and they open it up and they're given a task that they either have to complete in a short amount of time or fastest or anything like that. And the requests can be so utterly ridiculous that you don't know how they're supposed to do them. So it's kind of funny to bring our main characters into a situation and be like, I'm being poisoned by a hereditary disease I was not born with. Solve the problem. Your time starts now. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, even Sherlock, who is often, like, presenting kind of harebrained theories about things that seem impossible, is like, okay, you're, you tell me that geneticists say this is theoretically possible, but it's much more likely that there's another explanation. Like, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm thinking, like, okay, well, maybe your mom... <laughs> like slept around or maybe you're adopted and no one ever told you um, well i mean you gotta also think he's rich enough he could have that figured out like private detectives agencies like blood work like sending genetic samples he can have that like concrete like okay no this is my birth parents this is where my parents are from i'm like 23 and me or whatever like everyone did it and sent in their stuff and <laughs> yeah. it all matches up he has spent yeah. thir- so all 13 dudes. points of uh our 13 loci <laughs> Yeah, the very fact that he went to a geneticist lab to help him figure this out. Like, nobody, no real people have access to a lab like that to investigate their own illness. Yeah. Right. I mean, he does have 18 patents. I That's guess so. <laughs> I guess so. And he can do 11 pull-ups. At 53. <laughs> yeah. Which, honestly, he can do more than I can. Yeah, yeah. I can't do 11. Same. I'm going say right there, I can't do, I'm 10 I, years younger than him, I can't do... 11 pull-ups? I don't think I can do one. <laughs> Not with that attitude, Allison. <laughs> so he basically says, like, thanks for the offer, even though it's weird and not sexualated, but I'm good because this sounds like an impossible task and I don't feel like I take this in good faith because you're kind of probably a crazy person and I don't want to take advantage of that. So he basically says, thanks, no thanks, and they, they take off. And then we get back to the brownstone <clears throat> and uh, Joan's, like, going through a stack of books. And there's like a post-it note that says Watson on it, and then I guess that was her homework. And did she? I, I love the, the the non sequitur cutaway though. We are down to like the basement or wherever he is, and he's just pouring acid on a cabbage patch doll. <laughs> yeah, and we never find out why. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I love that. Don't tell me why. I don't want to know why. I don't want him to just do some weird ass shit, and and just his reasons are his own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and she's like, <laughs> like I read all the books except this Jeremy Bentham. That's bullshit. He's not a detective. He's a he's a philosopher. And then uh, and then Holmes busts out like, oh, he's the father of modern criminology because crime is a product of free will. And then Allison has a lot of stuff in blue text. Well, <laughs> this is just a, a quote direct from his Wikipedia page because it, it listed out so many of the things that he was ahead of his time on. He's basically like the father of progressivism or social justice. I don't know what you would call it, but let's see. Just to list Black off. Black Lives Matter. Some of the, and this is in the late 1700s, I think. He was talking about um, the development of welfareism, um, separation of church and state, freedom of expression, equal rights for women, the right to divorce, um, and what well, they say in a parenthetical in an unpublished essay. So maybe he wasn't as bold as all this, but the de- decriminalizing of homosexual acts. He called for the abolition of slavery, capital punishment, and physical punishment, including that of children. And he was an early advocate of animal rights. So, I mean, there's more, but to, for like that time, that's good. Yeah, it sounds like he would have slayed tail on liberal Bumble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, right, 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 right. You know, he's just getting all the ladies because that's a very comprehensive, like, very progressive list of things to be into. And you said the 1500s? It was the 1700s. 1700s. I mean, but so, like, 300 years later, and we still haven't convinced everyone of all of these things. So Apparently, people, more people need to read Jeremy Bentham. Yeah. Get on it. That's your homework. <laughs> Joan is a well-educated woman with a very good brain. I am surprised that she questions Sherlock on the presence of this book. We get that whole vibe in this episode where she's the um, impatient apprentice. Mm. Like, like she's like Mickey in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. She's like, well, I'll do the drudgery. I'll do the things. But I want to learn how to do the actual work. And he's like, no, you got to, you know, Miyagi this shit. You got to start small. You got to build up. You got to find the fundamentals and the basics. And she's like, I want to go solve crimes and look at blood spatter. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, what about this? So I think that's part of the thing is, like, she's pushing back at his, you know, slap the water you know, mindset from like, you know, all the training things you've seen in every montage in the history of television movies is like she wants to be running and he wants her to start slow and like build up her things. And, you know, I've seen your talent, but now we're going to take it from this. Mm. And I think that's really what we're getting here is like she's pushing back on his uh, what she thinks doesn't make any sense. But he's trying to make her get her brain more in line with what he sees. So I think that's why we're getting a lot of pushback on that. Because we get it later when she's like with the single stick. She's like, this is your thing, not mine. He's like, aim for the paint. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah. it was like we get, a whole, we get a whole deal going on with those two. And I think that's probably true with any discipline um, where you, <laughs> you don't get to the exciting stuff um, right away. You're laying that foundation. Uh, except, I mean, except maybe with podcasting. Because then you just kind of, you are just like jumping in to the deep end um (laughs) (laughs) without necessarily being yeah i'm like i'm gonna ask on my friends to this show and allison's like can we get marin (laughs) (laughs) it's like no no we cannot get marin marin if you want to come the show let us know (laughs) maybe next season 
We don't move. I think we're all booked up this season, Mary. We got to bump you to next season. But if you want to come on. <laughs> In our experience, stands. it takes four seasons to get the heavy hitters. Yep. And oh, about boy. seven yeah. months of emails. Yep. A lot of back and forth. So uh, we get a knock on the door, uh, and then there's a good moment where she's like, uh, are you going to put the, whole, the the acid away before I answer the door? And, yeah. <laughs> Just sitting there in his goggles like, what? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and it's Crabtree, my favorite. He's back, and he has a hexagonal case with a bee in it. And Sherlock's like, we don't want – holy shit. And he like basically like nuts himself right there on the stoop because <laughs> apparently it's an extremely rare bee – um, called the um, Osmi- Osmia avocetta, and it's a uh, it's 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 really rare because what it does is it, it makes uh, hives and nests that look like flowers, and it's nearly extinct. And like how how this weird, slightly dimensional uh, rich guy knew that this was the exact thing that Sherlock Holmes wanted. That's one of those rich people things, I guess. I don't know. But it's pretty impressive that uh, his reaction was very notable. I guess that and was yeah. part of um, Crabtree's duties as attaché. Uh, it's just sort of like undefined job description. Um, like to do all the things. I, f- I feel like attaché has slight spy connotations. Yeah, so the only probably... other movie that I really uses that word that I know of is Mission Impossible. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that's the only place I've ever heard that word used. I, I, I think it's just a catch-all because it's supposed to mean like assistant slash representative you know, kind of gopher go between yeah, yeah. but then it also means like oh yeah you could probably kill you with your thumb well you know, yeah right? but when i googled the <laughs> definition it said it's it's um it's technically an assistant to an ambassador but also often is used in a military context so mm-hmm. i guess yeah the particular set of skills probably comes into play He does look like uh, Liam Neeson a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, but he regretted he he grudgingly, regrettably gives him back the bee and says, "I can't. Your man's crazy." And then uh, then he gets a uh, man in principle. I told him you would say so. And then you know <laughs> he walks away. And then uh, the next go next morning we wake up and uh, and 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 Holmes is teaching and uh, ah. Words. <laughs> Next morning, we wake up and Holmes is teaching Joan single stick, which is all. It's, I mean, I guess it's a thing. It's like the second time we've seen it. It's not going anywhere. And then uh, we get a phone call, and Crabtree is dead. Oh, sorry, George. Gone too soon. I completely turned this yeah, episode off. That made after me that. sad. I have no notes after this because I was done. <laughs> done. Like no more Crabtree. Fuck. You just this. stopped watching. Awful. Yeah, but um, apparently old uh, Lydon, like, flipped his shit and shot Crabtree in the night, and he's being charged with murder. And so that's unfortunate. So, yeah, that's uh, that ends the teaser. Yeah. So suspenseful. Also, I just want to point out that earlier we had, uh, they, they said, uh, if we look in his phone and call the last number, then that will be his associate. And they did. And his name is Loco Mauricio. I don't think that's his Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna go on a limb on that one. <laughs> you don't think his nope name criminal Logo? name? <laughs> it's a it's street, a street name. name. Yeah. At some yeah. point, Maurice did something that was loco. Yeah, earned him that title. <laughs> oh, it's too bad we didn't get a whole episode about 
Loco Mauricio. I want to see that. They never did show us show him catching him. Yeah. He could still be out there. He's a criminal mastermind. <laughs> Maybe M is short for Moriarty. Could be. Yeah. Um, so we go into Act 1 with Gregson um, talking Sherlock and Joan through this crime scene at the Leiden mansion. And uh, then the sons arrive and they are... They, they're coming in hot, um, very <laughs> upset, and, uh, but um, Senior Lydon, Daddy Lydon, wants to talk to Sherlock. He's the only, <laughs> he, he insists on talking to Sherlock, so, you know, he gets ushered into the room where he's being held, and he he's looking terrible, like, um, this guy who we saw in the limo before looking like well-dressed and very lucid and, you know, bright eyed is he's like, he's a mess. He didn't and get his pull-ups in that morning. He did. He didn't get his pull-ups in. And we all know how crucial, um, exercise, exercise is, fitness, is to mental, mental, mental health. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Um, but he's confused and he, he doesn't, you know, he, he even says to Sherlock, like, I can't get a hold on like what's real and what's not. But the only thing that does feel solid to him is the fact that somebody gave him this uh, disease, CAA. So <laughs> we don't really see him except we just see Sherlock walking out with the uh, B, the Osmia Oviseta, and uh, Watson's like, what? We have the B again? <laughs> so he informs her they have taken the case. Yeah. Allison, moving forward, can we just call the B Mia? Mia? Yeah. Osmia. Oh. So we don't have to say Osmia Oviseta every single time. Everybody's <laughs> like, okay, we get it. You know the scientific name. <laughs> oh, I'm reading it off a of paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we go to the genetics lab, and it's super high-tech looking. There, did you guys notice the, the stairs look like helixes? Or I mean, he, he, yeah. Is it helices? I don't know how he, to he, pluralize he, that. That is amazing, he, and I'm ashamed of myself <laughs> for not knowing. Sherlock would hate me as his apprentice. I just don't notice anything. I mean, I guess any spiral staircase looks like a helix, but... Wouldn't... Um, they probably have them wrapping around Right, it would be even better helix. if there were two staircases. Yeah, yeah. Yes, like they have in true. the Statue of Liberty. Where it's and then you can just like walk up either side and high five each other every time you come <laughs> back around. Two <laughs> spiral staircases and wrapping just, around each other. Yes. That just built a really nice office dynamic of like mutual high fives. Although if you're working in a genetics lab, I think you know enough about like microorganisms that you would never high five anybody else because you've spent too much time looking in a microscope. Their hands yeah, are very possibly. clean. Maybe they're wearing gloves. Yeah, there's not a lot of handshaking in this introductory scene, is there? Well, everyone's very rude. <laughs> They're very. They, it is a very hoity-toity place. Yeah. So hoity-toity, in fact, that there is an oil portrait of yes. the company's owner. Um, that a white man. <laughs> Did you notice how ruddy he looks in the portrait? It's very. He's very. They're trying to imbue health. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe he'd done a couple of laps up and down the helix stairs, and he was like. <laughs> Yeah, he was a little Feeling overheated. Himself. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, warm. Up one helix and down the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, Joan notices this portrait immediately. She recognizes this famous artist, um, and she's kind of impressed. Um, we meet two scientists, 
The important one's name is Natasha. Uh, I don't remember the other. Oh, yeah, I do remember the other guy's name. It was like Raph. Yep. Uh, <laughs> such yep. a strange name. Not Ralph. Um, not Raphael. Raph. 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 Rafe? Rafe I would Fines. think. He's one. Yeah, I would think Rafe. He's one vowel away from being Rafi from the league. Oh, I was going to say <laughs> Rafi from, you know, the, the child singer. Oh, and a couple of pocket dogs. <laughs> okay, I was with you until pocket dogs. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what that is. It's a league thing. Oh, oh, oh that's why I don't get it. Um. <laughs> Apparently a trigger is cocaine in a man's beard. <laughs> Just saying, would the, would the role of Raph Keating been better played by Jason Manzukis? Absolutely. I I think there's, oh, there's no there's no role, role that would not be made better than Jason Manzukis. I would like to see either Sherlock or Joan played by Jason Manzukis. Indeed. I would, I would be there for that. Raph. He doesn't get a lot of leading man work. He would be, I think he should get to play Sherlock. Mm. Yeah, totally. Brooklyn Nine-Nine a- is ending. He should get his own spinoff where he gets to play the... Uh, Crazy cop. The detective? The yeah. wild card detective? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> Sherlock recognizes Natasha from her previous dissertation on the warrior gene. And um, this is a real thing that um, everyone has this gene, but certain people have a specific expression of it that makes them more prone uh, to, I guess, violence or aggression under certain circumstances. Like, I don't think, from what I understand, it's not necessarily um, a sociopath gene, like they're making it out to be in the show. More of a... It's just you're more prone to aggressive acts. Yeah, or like if you are provoked, or I guess if you were you can abused tell or there's something. Like a, there's like a scientific bobble or something kind of hits and then kind of takes hold because... There's this show that has this as like a central conceit. And then I remember like probably, and I think about it probably around the same time, there was like this gritty French uh, murder novel I wrote, I read one time that like revolved around the concept of the warrior gene. Okay. It's just like, I think there, we just kind of comes and goes as far as like, you know, antimatter, dark, dark yeah. web, you know, everything kind of like creeps up as like this social thing. And it becomes like, you can just, you can carbon date your popular culture by, the references that are made when it's like, it was this, yep, that's about the time the warrior gene came out. Gotcha. It, it does, it does capture, like certain things capture the public imagination in a certain way. And I always, for me, the thing I always notice is, um, well, there's two. Uh, Huntington's disease is really popular on, in Hollywood and TV shows and Munchausen's mm-hmm. and Munchausen's by proxy. You see those pop up. I don't know if that could even be tied to a specific time period, but house Grey's There's Anatomy they, yeah, yeah they just show up because they're dramatic they're inherently dramatic lupus it's never it's lupus, never lupus. It's always mentioned don't even suggest <laughs> right. it just, just go away if you think it's lupus yeah. <laughs> alright so I'm actually pretty surprised to hear that the warrior gene is a real thing because as I'm watching the episode I'm like ah that's bullshit come on I probably have the warrior gene because I got so aggressive you by may. hearing so oh, got a little aggro. Oh. Yeah. This is so bullshit. <laughs> I better watch out. Do yeah, it was presented out. so black and white. Like, oh, you have it? It means you're psychotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although the people that apparently do have it, kind of fucking psychotic <laughs> in this episode. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question. While we're on the introduction of Natasha, I can't remember her last name. She's a doctor, right? Yeah. 
Never do they cock her. Never do they call her Doctor Kidman. Oh, that's true. Kindman. Oh, it's Julia, but see, she's also a woman. Right, so she doesn't actually Hayden. get to be a doctor. Yeah. They always call her Miss. Or Tosh. Ma- can, or you, her, can you get us some coffee, please? Her say Tosh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I have a doctorate. I am a geneticist. Although, to be also fair, in this episode, every fourth person is a geneticist. Yeah, yeah which means they should respect the title of doctor. They should. They okay. should. But nobody calls her doctor. How do you pronounce her last name again? Cademan, I think. Cademan? Cademan, okay. Not Caveman? I was about to say, Mm -hmm. she should have become a lawyer, then she could have been the Cademan lawyer. Yes. Exactly, thank you. She is played by Jennifer Lim. Just putting that out there. You go, Jennifer Lim. What is the hot sauce test? Oh. Oh, right. So, (laughs) the way they... Um, tested that you know they identified people who had this gene, and then uh, they organized this uh, test where everyone was seated at computers. There wasn't any like face-to-face interaction, and then they would have to like punish, quote unquote, punish the person on the other end um, if they. I don't, re- I don't even remember what it was. If they answered a question wrong or if they said something they didn't like, they could uh, order them to consume a certain amount of hot sauce as punishment. And so that's how um, the scientists would measure their ac- aggression in the test, is how often and kind of how with how much glee <laughs> they um, ordered these people to eat hot sauce. Oh, it's a lot so like is, is, that famously morally depraved test from, oh, crud. I, oh, with the electrocutions? The electrocutions. Every oh, time they got yeah. a question wrong, they were told to electrocute somebody else. And the levels to which they were electrocuting people were crazy. But they weren't actually electrocuting them. Yeah, it, was it was actors being electrocuted. A recording or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. And they were testing so how far mean- the people would go. Yeah. Does this also mean that the Hot Ones show is just a way to tell whether or not celebrities have the warrior gene? Yes. I don't know. That's kind of self-inflicted. I don't even know what the show is. It's a YouTube hot, show. Hot where, Ones. Uh, it's the show. It's the and, show with hot wings yeah. and or hot questions and even hotter wings. Yeah. <laughs> I might watch that actually. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> he got a TV deal. It's like an interview show, but they eat, they eat successively hotter and hotter hot sauces on wings during the interview portion. So, you know, you just really just see celebrities going like, God damn, you know, about how hot <laughs> yeah. the hot sauce is while they're talking about their careers or lives or whatever. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, yeah. And then the other interesting thing about this gene was that uh, they think that it may also make people better at thinking under high pressure situations and making decisions. And I definitely don't under high have that gene. I don't think no. I do or, either. Or Julie doesn't even like hot sauce, so. <laughs> not yeah. so much. Yeah, it's not really my thing. So the detectives explain uh, Leiden's theory that somebody has somehow given him a hereditary disease, and but Natasha's already familiar with it. She knows uh Gerald Lydon, he has told her his theory before and she does say yes some if someone had enough money and a 
really good lab and the skill to do it. It's technically possible, but there's maybe only seven people in the world who are capable of this. <clears throat> so then we cut to Sherlock speaking Norwegian, <laughs> and it was so foreign to me. I didn't know, I had no idea what language that was until later when he starts talking about Norway. <laughs> Um, That's why you watch with the subtitles on, because it says in Norwegian on the subtitles, and then it just fills in with yeah. like Norwegian, which I don't speak. Well. <laughs> you don't? No, not anymore. Oh. Not since the accident. You got rusty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, do the subtitles not automatically translate it for you? No, it's just into Norwegian. Okay, because I jumped on the elementary fandom wiki and they have transcripts for the episodes and they translated oh. all of the non-english dialogue in the transcript oh that's fine yeah his yeah and it's, it's like it's like uh is your facility open to the public or something yeah. like that it's like something very banal Are your office is open for the public <laughs> thanks goodbye it's like <laughs> okay which tells me that when he reached out to norway it wasn't to make an appointment with the the doctor that he wanted to talk to, he was just finding out when he could waltz in and nobody would stop him and he would ask to meet I with was somebody. disappointed. I wanted to see them go to Norway. I know. Yeah. yeah. I want like fucking road trip. Was, Let's get these guys out of New York for I a minute. I was fjords. sold on fjords. <laughs> and there I was into fucking fjords. Zero fjords. <laughs> yeah. Well, at fjords and, and women reared on a diet of wild caught salmon. Yes. Yeah, I would love to meet a woman reared in a diet of wild <laughs> Sherlock is I don't even know excited. what I'm in for, but I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is there skin thinker? Robust. Yeah. Yes. They're well Lots fed. Lots of omega-3s. Well, but they're slender because you can actually die if you only eat salmon. Yeah, mm. it's not Yeah, it's not a complete diet. Yeah, it's got a lot of protein, but there's no other nutritional aspects to it. So you can, you can starve to death eating yeah. salmon. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure they love their bread. It is Scandinavia. And cheese? Mm-hmm. I feel like cheese. Oh, probably is all big. kinds of dairy. I bet yeah, all, all kinds, kinds of, dairy. of dairy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like heaven. I, I yeah. mean, it sounds great. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, Watson is, she's rolling her eyes at him a little bit, but then she's, al- she's also asking him, why did you leave your dry cleaning outside my door? And then he proposes his new. Um, plan for them to divide the household labor. She will be in charge of the dry cleaning and he will be in charge of cleaning the refrigerator once a month. (laughs) It's like, okay, sure. I feel like Joan is getting the better end of the deal because I hate to clean out a refrigerator. (laughs) Yeah, me too. That's why I don't think I've ever done it. Oh, it's horrible. It's the worst chore. Like, all you really got to do is just put an open box of baking soda in the back corner of the fridge, and that's all you need to do, right? <laughs> Julia's, like, I, you can't see the video. Julia's looking at Rick as if uh, he has just spoken from his second head that she did not know about. So that is, uh, I think that indicates the level of how his much she disagrees with Rick on proper refrigerator maintenance. I mean, I disagree, <laughs> It was but... a very wifey thing to do, and it was amazing. <laughs> But I have never cleaned a fridge to the level that Sherlock later in this episode cleans a fridge. Seriously, I I have done, but prefer not to ever again. Uh, it, yeah, it is funny too. They have this. If you see in the wide shots of the kitchen, that fridge is old. Oh yeah, it's like it's a grody looking 80s. fridge. Yeah, um, it was probably a swanky refrigerator back in the day, but um, that seems to be the true 
the truth for a lot of this apartment, this house, it's a house, mm-hmm. that in its heyday, it was pretty dang nice. It is no longer in its heyday. Mm, right. But it'll yeah, sell uh... for more than it did in its heyday, Ooh. that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a probably very expensive piece of uh, it's got, property. It's, it's got good bones, as they say. <laughs> good, it's good house bones. Just, yeah, I can do a lot with this. I can really do a lot with this. <laughs> so... Um, Sherlock's like, all right, we're going to Norway tomorrow. There's a, a professor there who's been making some conspicuously, com- conspicuously big real estate purchases, uh, and the loans on 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 the coast of a fjord. Yeah, on the. I mean, is a there fjord. any yeah. other property in Norway? <laughs> they have non-fjord properties all the pl- all yeah. over the place. It's uh, the home Julia on the Girangier. Fjord, which was once owned by the Norwegian royal family. Apparently, it's a lovely place. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and uh, and there's also a connection to Carter Leiden, Leiden's son. Um, as far as who done it, so the sons are way too obvious. Yeah, I counted them out immediately. They do. They make it a point to characterize them as suspicious. Um. I mean, they're, and they're they have rich a lot sons. Of, All rich sons are yes. suspicious. Oh, those in Norway, yeah. if you do, if you don't want to eat salmon, you can also eat a lot of red herrings. <laughs> <laughs> those sons were very Don Jr. and Eric Trump. <laughs> they yeah, absolutely, very much so. Which caused me to like discount them. Like, oh, they're not they're not serious people. Not to this story. And they're also probably too stupid to pull this yeah. off. Yeah. It's a good thing that a daughter didn't come out of the woodwork. She's got you got to watch out for them. Yeah, you do. Oh, she would be the viper. They yeah. are only smart enough to wrestle away control of the company from the father. Not that it wasn't warranted. He did have dementia, so I think yeah. their actions were proper. But I think that's the extent of their uh, business savvy. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is about the time when Sherlock gets a text from a block number that says you are close to the thing itself, and it has a drawing of um, an unlabeled molecule, and so he goes and grabs Natasha's dissertation on the warrior gene off of his bookshelf and finds the he's, same of quote. Of course he has it in his library. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, this is exactly up his alley. So... He puts it together. This text is from Natasha, but she doesn't want to reveal who it is. Anyway, he he kind of confronts it head on and is like, let's meet up. <laughs> uh, I know you're Natasha, so. It's like, oh, she's I, not I have panicking. a question about the text. I didn't know it was possible to send a text and block the source. Is, is that a thing you can do? Yeah, I think you. I don't know exactly how you. I think on an iPhone, there's something in settings where you can block your number. Oh, I didn't know. But I have never done it. Oh, Julie's like, now I'm going to get some shady shit. I'm going to start creating molecules. (laughs) Oh, I'm using some weird you up text to people. (laughs) My second question is that she uses language that she knows Sherlock will understand. She knows that he is a fan of her dissertation. Mm -hmm. And it's such unusual. Her monograph. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be stealthy, but I'm also going to use my catchphrase. Right, which she clearly yeah. meant for him to understand. Yeah, it sounds like she 
kind of not so subtly wanted him to figure it out. And maybe because maybe she trusts him already. Because uh, he, he makes it out like now she really has, she, if she's smart, as, then she'll see that we're her best option. But it sounds like maybe she had already figured that out. Um, right. She's a smart lady, she reached even out though to she's them. apparently not a doctor. Yeah. So then, unfortunately, when by the time they arrive at the lab, there's Natasha dead in Listen, a pool of I'm blood. Listen, I'm not going to lie. Reading Natasha dead in a pool of blood got me a little hard. <laughs> oh, that's dark. <laughs> that's dark. So, quick question. This is the third dead body we've had this episode. Are the body counts usually this high in the series? The fourth dead body. Uh, it's a little high, maybe, but it's, it's not a little a, high for an episode. It's not unheard yeah. of. Oh, that's right. The fourth, Usually, one, even yeah. at the sh- I miscounted. Yeah. Yeah. There's like you. Oh, well, yeah. There's two in the beginning. And then Crabtree. Crabtree. And then the good oh, Crabtree. Crabtree. We hardly knew thee. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> oh, he was so good. Maybe he'll come back with a brother, like a twin brother. Just carrying around a bee in a box. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how we know. You met my brother Crabtree. I'm. <laughs> I am Jenkins. I am Crustacean Bush. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm literally Crabtree because it's our last name and we're brothers. <laughs> no, I, I assumed that Crabtree was his first name. Oh, yeah. okay. Maybe Crab oh. was his first name and his last name was Tree. That's interesting. I was thinking that was his last name. Because they picked. Maybe, maybe it's his first and last. It seems like they're trying to pick like extremely British sounding names i don't know like the well they haven't well they, i think maybe they're trying to like low-key jab at cumberbatch <laughs> it's not a jab which at all, is british the most people. british name we we, we need yeah. a british driver get me that guy um bonnaroo crabtree or something <laughs> like that oh okay slapped you back slapped you back fist you okay. buns <laughs> yeah I, I want that to be the explanation so now we are on to Act Two, and we have Gregson and Bell uh, at the scene, and they think it looks like a, lo- a burglary, and I roll my eyes because I hate it when they make them obviously ignorant. It's like <laughs> you know this is some shit. Even Sherlock's kind of like this is, and he does rattle off a series of very un. His 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 connection points are very out there, but and there's like it's a burglary, it's the husband, you know, it's always the the lowest common denominator with them, and it's. It's there for to, to counterpoint, but it's also like, ugh, it's exhausting. What it is, is that they always jump to possibility one and go with it. Mm. But in this episode, yeah. it's all about possibility two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even possibility one for this one was kind of fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. They're, they're, but they're taking each one of them individually versus like, oh, maybe this is all connected. And even Sherlock's like, no, it is. And then he goes like, Joe. Do it. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Pop what? quiz, yeah. Fuck. She's okay, on the spot. Uh, this is why the blood spatter is not hers, because she was stabbed and was dropped here, and the blood spatter is from behind. So, I mean, she had to have fought back, which means that's why there's blood spatter on the painting. And he also calls him out for the burglar. He's like, the most expensive thing in this entire building is this painting, and they left it hanging right there. So this is probably not a burglary and what were they going to steal test tubes or whatever like his derogatory yeah, he, he was 
blood talking samples. about stealing blood samples. Um, I'm pretty sure if they were vampires, right, depending on the blood samples, it could be very valuable. Yeah, there's probably a piece of equipment somewhere else in that building that oh. is more expensive than the painting. Oh yeah, it, like every piece of equipment. It's probably like a 500 pound piece of testing equipment that's yeah. bolted to the floor. A, yeah, it's a giant machine it. that goes ping. Right. <laughs> but the people that you could clone from the blood in oh, that right. lab. <laughs> you have a whole army. A whole army of supermen. <laughs> yes. Super, of Gerald super, super old, rich men with 18 <laughs> patents. Just doing pull-ups like, all over the place. <laughs> and some weird genetic disease that'll make them die. <laughs> so uh, then we get uh, then we get a moment where like someone goes like, what? <laughs> Natasha! Oh, and he runs yeah. in. And I'm like, he did it. <laughs> did you really think that? I absolutely thought so the second I saw that smarmy piece of shit. I'm like, <laughs> now, for one thing, why would they call the, the fiance down to the murder scene to identify the body? Normally that's done at the Wouldn't morning. he have already been there? Yeah. No, wait, no, no, he wouldn't have been there. That's right. It's the red herring. Sorry. Jumping yeah, ahead. Yeah, he works yes. at a different, he is a geneticist, but he works at a different lab. Because, again, everyone in this episode is See, that's why when you're looking for a significant other, you need to diversify your skill sets. If you're if you're a geneticist, <laughs> don't date other geneticists because then you're just pull, pooling all of your professional resources into one field. You got to diversify. If genetics yeah. go under, you want to make sure someone else is like a nuclear physicist and their industry is fine, so you don't get sideswiped by crazy happenstance. I mean, that's how it works in my relationship. My husband has some very marketable and high paying skills and I have He's none of them. He's extremely good at pole dancing. <laughs> and Allison is terrible at pole dancing. She doesn't have the thigh strength. It just, it's just, it's bad. <laughs> I, I need to take lessons from you, George. I listen, I can hold up all day long. I'm sure. It's all, it's all about the core. Really. It's the core. It's a secret. Got to keep that core tight. <laughs> so they take him down and question him, and he's all like, oh, oh, "She's so sad. Oh, she's." Uh. And he's like, "Oh, I wish it hadn't. I wish she hadn't uh, used the blood of this convicted stabbing guy who got out of prison a while ago. Oh man, it sucks that this guy is out now and yelled at her the other week. <clears throat> all right, I'm gonna go now. Bye." Um, <laughs> Yeah, he does. He has that guy pretty locked and loaded, ready to go. I bet he had Part his contact information. Part of me, I drop a few breadcrumbs and then peace out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Benny, Benny, uh, what's his Benny last name? Benny Cordero. Benny Cordero, that's it. Yeah, so apparently when she was doing her research for the warrior gene, she used his blood. And then because she used his blood and said she had the gene, that she apparently had a few, uh, got his parole denied because they assumed he was um, he was going to Kill again. That, she did have a pretty bad quote about him. I can't remember what it was. Okay, I have serious issues with that. I work in the healthcare field. I'm very, very familiar yes. with HIPAA laws. Well, mm. thank you. We have HIPAA all the time. Yeah. This thing. And very oh, rarely I do we get told whether or not it's full. Of the amount of times they break HIPAA laws. Uh-oh. Yeah. But the biggest one is that if he participated in a study... She should not have been able to share the results of those studies. Mm-hmm. And if she did share the results of the study, his name should not have been attached to the results. Yeah. If if she had attached the name mm-hmm. to the results of the study, it would have made the uh, the study compromised. The integrity was gone from that study. Throw it out. That's super Nobody will ever take give that writers. Any 
uh, pay any attention to that study because it was compromised. Uh, so then HIPAA is she should not have shared that information with anybody. Mm. Jackass. Yeah. Interesting. That's why we have laws like that. that. Because you're not responsible for what your genes say. You're responsible for your actions. He was serving his time for actions, not because of his genes. Yeah. At this yes. point, we're getting into true crime or pre-crime. Exactly. Well, and, and it's also going back to uh, Bentham, who said crime is an act of free will. Not an act of genetic contrivance. Yeah. Very nice connection. <laughs> Very good. And I, I really like how so, that's reflected in Benny when they talk to him. He's like, no, I, you know, I do bad things, but I do not do that <laughs> bad thing. Do you think they named yeah. him Benny because it's short for Bentham? Ooh. Because ah. <laughs> he does embody he, the I that free idea. will versus uh, predisposition. Yeah. 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 Something to think mm-hmm. about. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, we go back to, uh, well, um, they, obviously, shitty fiance. Um, at, this time, this, at this point, Belle would be right. Where is he? Where is he? Where's Belle? Bell always Bell coming saying, in with it was the husband slash fiance. Yeah, yeah where's the husband, boyfriend, boyfriend fiance, yeah. person she's having sex with? Yeah. I think Bell's just preoccupied with people's sex lives. That's what. I mean, so is Benny, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, Oops. yeah, he is. But, like, it's more of an observational thing <laughs> rather than a predilection. And so is Sherlock, for that matter. <laughs> Sherlock's always calling out people who are sleeping with each other. So you two boning? Yes, <laughs> Uh, so we have French music playing and a little molecule tinker toy set as Sherlock's trying to recreate the molecule, um, but we can't because the drawing does not have the actual um, uh, like like elements, elements, uh, atoms, whatever, whatever the, the, the bits yeah. and bobs that are in our bodies. They're not labeled, so he's like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Um, but they can't ask the geneticists because they're all part of the suspect pool, so they are being ruled out. So he's kind of trying to suss it out himself. And the next morning, uh, he's asleep on the couch, and, and Joan just walks in, and she's like, I got it. But apparently, she had uh, an actual older professor, and uh, she mentioned something about the time of day that she was talking to him. And he was like, so you were sleeping with your professor? And he was like, all right, again, preoccupied with your sex lives. <laughs> Did you guys catch the little snark? When she Joan calls her professor by name, I think it was Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we quickly cut to yeah. Sherlock, and he goes... Jerry. <laughs> oh. He has a first name. Well. Yes. It was great. I had to I mean, who I had to rewind it to catch it. Who who hasn't slept with organic chemistry professor? Oh, if I had one, totally. Yeah, Julia's down. I would have so, had, that's the only way I could have passed an organic chemistry exactly. class. Exactly. <laughs> Like you want to? Do you want to check out my organic chemistry? Because uh, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I did take chemistry. Oh shit! From, uh, and the professor was a family friend, Mike Ooh. Cross. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, that. He was my chemistry professor. <laughs> I mean, no offense to the man, but that is. He looked more like the younger, uh, rich son than the older rich son. Yeah, not a not a uh, man that mm-hmm. would command that sort of attention. <laughs> Oh, I feel so bad saying that. You never know. Those are the man. ones that are going to be secretly oh, no. freaky. No, his, his personality is great, but his looks are not there. <laughs> and he's also a, you know, avid practitioner of close-up magic. Oh, what? Jerry Cross, yes. come on the show. What is that? Um, 
It's like card yeah. tricks and like, like oh, here's your coin for behind your ear. Yeah. yeah, that type of stuff. Yeah. He also okay. he also is the faculty or he was the faculty member in charge of the board game club. Uh huh. At the school, oh, man. he yeah. got wooed away. So he's Dave. So he's Dave. He's Dave. Where did he go? Um, I think he moved to Utah or something like that. Oh, to work at a bigger college. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just makes yeah. all the choices. If you if you're piecing t- pieces <laughs> together, Julia attended classes at the college where I work. So there's a lot of overlap with oh. knowing who the faculty are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and which which faculty you've both slept with? Yes. <laughs> right. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Your Venn diagram is very complicated. I, I had a per, an accounting teacher that b- loves both me and Rick. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I passed that yeah, class. There you go. This is Return getting interesting. Return of investment. <laughs> <laughs> the plot thickens. That's how her and Rick met. Yeah. When they say uh, it's a community it's, college, the community means yeah. something else. <laughs> There's a very big room for a lot of things. You know how they have key parties? Uh, they have syllabus parties where they just... Put them all in a big stack, <laughs> and you got to rifle through syllabus them. Syllabus parties. Yeah, yeah. but you got to read the whole thing. Yep. Legit, if they had syllabus parties, it. it means you wouldn't have to go to the first day of class. You could just go to the party well, and get yeah, the syllabus. That's the perk. Yeah, <laughs> you'll have to pay for it in a, in a way. Just giving out yeah. ideas, academia. Yeah. Come on, we'll like we've got some problems. Academia has never you. been so sexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she, she apparently she related this to him, and, and all these physicists in the entire world can't figure it out. But her old uh, or, or geneticist, but her old like bang buddy Jerry knows like, oh, this is a man-made molecule, and it's amazing. And he like gave her the, the things that she builds it out of like her his little molecular tinker toys, and uh, then he stands up and he's like, they must I get I don't know it doesn't seem like it's very cold outside, but he is very chilly because he's like, I need my sweaters, and she's like. How about you just give me some props on solving this molecular thing? It's like I'll give you thanks for the molecular solving after you get my sweaters. Do you think <laughs> he stood whole... there like that, pretending to be <laughs> ultra cold until she went, got dressed, yeah. went down to the dry cleaner, came home and gave him a sweater? Yeah, and we also have this whole side so. plot which we kind of have. I think we might have glossed over it, where she keeps going to this dry cleaner, and it's a very rude Polish lady who doesn't speak English. And her very disassociated son, who occasionally chimes in with English. I think this is the first and, time uh, she goes to yeah. the. No, this is the first time yeah. we didn't miss it. Oh, is it? it? Yeah. Because I thought I thought there was the the note early. Oh, she got the note earlier saying go to the dry cleaner, and she was like, I guess this is her first time going. So yeah. she gets there, and the lady is not paying attention, and she only speaks Polish with no subtitles, so no idea what she's saying. I have an idea of what she's and saying. I I actually <laughs> I looked it up with Google Translate before this. And some of them actually sounded coherent. Yeah. Um, not all of them. You know, it's kind of hit or miss with Google Translate. But um, <laughs> sorry, I took screenshots. Let me see. So first off, she says, I cannot look at my program. Something I always have to wait with pleasure. Okay, that doesn't fully make sense. But basically, she's pissed, which we can get from context clues. She's watching her stories. Yeah, and then she thinks that uh, sure that Joan is the wife. She says, "I think the wife is in the neighborhood." <laughs> so I guess she thinks that Shone and Jerlock, Shone and Jerlock, Shone and Jerlock. That is a <laughs> that's a ship name we don't want. How is that? N- that's the first time that's happened. I can't believe it. Jerlock Shone. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when she. A- 
she asks how much money. Um, the woman says, does he look like he has a lot of money? Let him pay a lot. Maybe he won't come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so she, she's trying to get these sweaters from her. That she's, she's talking in, in, in Polish the whole time. And at that moment, she's like, 75. And she goes, like, for sweaters? And she goes, like, okay, fine, 20. <laughs> <laughs> and Not I, much of a haggle there. I just want to point out that the guy in the chair looks like Noho Hank's older brother. For, like, do you guys watch Barry? No. No. Oh. Oh. Allison only watches the shows we don't watch. Okay. If you have HBO, you should definitely check out Barry. It's hilarious and brilliant. And there's this I've seen, guy. I've seen the first couple That's episodes. The, uh, oh, okay. Is that the Bill Hader show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh Bill well, Hader. it's Bill Hader. And then and his, the, the quote-unquote villain is it's the most lovable villain is this, like, Chechenian guy with the bald guy? tattoos. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's played by an actor who's actually, um, what's the word when you can't grow hair? Alopecia. He has alopecia. alopecia. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, but he's pure genius. So good. Anyway. Like if like if the guys in the in the dry cleaner had charisma and like warmth. He was like a bigger version. <laughs> of <him>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So basically she uh, she looks around and she like kind of has this very weird interaction with the dry cleaners and she takes the sweaters and leaves. That's pretty much it. Oh, also it, these are well, the there's... ugliest sweaters. Oh, and the, well we got to forget she does notice the large mink coat hanging on the oh, rack. Right, She's like right, that's right. A, that's a heck of a coat. Yeah. And then she leaves. But yeah, they're very ugly sweaters. He does love his ugly sweaters. I think he's trying to keep up with her awesome red sweater by buying just really ugly sweaters. I don't think he ever wears those sweaters. I think he's just, uh, he pulled some out of the closet just to get her to go to the cleaners. Fair enough. Because, as we find out, this is a test. Mm Mm-hmm. So we have, um, then we have like Gregson and Bell. They found Benny. She gets a text while she's at the dry cleaner saying, like, Benny's here. Come on, let's go to the police station. And he's being uh, he's being held in the interrogation room, and he's tested positive for the warrior gene, and, and, and he's all mad because she told the, the parole board, which is why his sentence got extended. And uh, and he's like, but I didn't kill her. And then Sherlock's behind the glass like, she totally did not. He didn't do this. <laughs> like, please let him go. And they, like they text, and then like he did, they ignore him, and he texts again, they ignore him. Nobody's like beating on the glass, and like he didn't. He, well, he says, "You delay, but time will not." <laughs> and then yeah, he basically says like Benny was too much of a. He's a lout. He's an idiot. He's like a stabber, but he's not a planner. He's reactionary, so there's no way he could have pulled this off because this is done by. <laughs> this is done by a rich white person, is is the subtext he's saying because like this is, takes too much. Uh, like finesse, which is ridiculous, but you know that's how the show is written sometimes. Um, oh, I don't so think the- it was racial. I think he was just saying, like, <laughs> look at this guy. He has no imagination. He has no personality. Like whoever designed this crime is is you know a person of style and elegance, and they love fjords. <laughs> uh, fjords are very popular. I'd like to see a fjord one day. One day. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. For sure. All right, let's all go to yep. Norway. We'll buy some property there. On mm, we might need John Jr. to co-sign a loan, because I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. We'll have, we'll fi- mm-hmm. We can do that. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll tell them we'll come up with a genetic poison, and like we'll take somebody out. All right, something. I'll go get my Tinker Which Choice they never, honestly, storage. They never, <laughs> they never explained that whole weird 
John Jr. geneticist subplot bullshit. No, it was didn't. like thrown out there to kind of distract, but they never reconciled that. They never, oh yeah, well, it's because he, I don't know. They never reconciled it, and that's annoying sometimes. So they don't, they just kind of let these threads drop. Because uh, so, that just shows that they're there just to distract versus actually like there's part of the plot. But don't you think that in real investigations there are loose threads like that all the time where it looks fishy, but then it turns out to be something else and that thing that we thought was the, you know, uh, we thought that person was going to do it, but actually they're just innocent and, it, you know. I mean, I guess. I just, I want to know what's going on with the fjords. That was an interesting <laughs> thing to me. I want to go to Norway and meet salmon-eating women. I don't think this, so. that CBS had the budget for an international shoot. Not in first season, anyway. Yeah. No, you got to wait till at least season two or three before you can start going international. Yeah. 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 Let's do a location shoot. Yeah. So apparently the phrase, you delay but time will not, is by Ben Franklin, because when Sherlock tells Gregson that, he's like, mm, I know who said it. Why are you being <laughs> a dick? And I, I have a note that says, like, obstinate Greg, Gregson is so cringe. It's, it's like the point where it's like, all I can do is, like, say no to you right now because, oh, we're going to progress with this. And he's like, nope, we're doing this. This is obviously not the, the direction they need to go in. We're going to we're gonna run Benny's genetics, and we're going to do this and that. And he's like, you do that, but I'm going to go figure out why these fjords are important. <laughs> but he's like, do you, must you be so disruptive? Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is a defining characteristic of Sherlock Holmes. That's how he do. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, now we're back at Jonathan Lydon's office. And, or Joshua Lydon. Not, I don't know, fucking Gerald. Lydon's. Gerald, Joshua. Oh, wait. There oh, oh, the son. Yeah. Joshua. Oh, Josh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carter and Josh. Josh and, like, they want to, they want to, they want to, like, get into the computers and look at stuff. And then he's like, I don't think I'm going to do that. And uh, then the big brother comes in and he says, like, sorry, uh, our dad's been, our daddy Lydon has been locked out. He is declared incompetent and now I am in charge. You guys are fired. And then Watson says, oh, nope, sorry. Our contract says it has to be terminated by both parties. And uh, he gets all smart. Like, he writes, you're fired on a piece of paper and says, like, sign that. Classic Don Jr. And then, yeah, <laughs> like, such a dick. You're Trying fired. Trying to pull a daddy move. You're fired. <laughs> And it backfires because she snakes his pen, and now she has a genetic sample for him. And they're walking away, and Sherlock's like, I think a hair sample would have been better. And she's like, well, how am I going to hair sample? What do you want from me? And he's like, oh, I stole his comb. And he gets a little like, oh, if you were going to be doing this, you should get the, hand, the, the habit of carrying evidence bags with you. And just whips a couple out and hands it to her. And just We get to watch her try to put a pin in, a, in the bag for a second. But like, Yeah, she's not doing a very good <laughs> job at it, it at all. So it's like, come on. Walking bag, Joan. Walking bag. Okay, with both of these pieces of evidence, both the pen and the comb, if they were going to be useful pieces of evidence, they needed to go in the bag right away. They've oh, been yeah, in yeah. people's they've, hands, they've in people's pockets. Chain of custody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there was a hair on that comb, it would yeah. have fallen out by now. More yeah, accurately, I don't even know. there's hair in Sherlock's pocket. Oh, for sure. And I, I don't think that... I don't know if Sherlock and Joan are authorized... In the chain of custody. Oh, no, I don't think this evidence. is going to... This it's is just going to offer like, their circumstantial, like, offered a motive. This isn't going to be admissible in court. Right. Because they're not within the chain yeah. of custody. Yeah. I just got such a kick out so, of how Sherlock was able to, like, 
pick out Carter as a real piece of shit because he's got the slicked back hair, probably got a white bathing suit, sloppy steaks, white couch, the whole nine yards. (laughs) (laughs) Sloppy steaks? He should shop at Dan Flasher. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know what any of this is. So I think you should leave references that I only know through as osmosis. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, but then they get a call from Greg and uh, for Bell saying like, "Yeah, guess what, suckers, blood matched. It's gonna. This is our guy." And <laughs> even they're like, "This is ridiculous." No, and th- so they go down there, like this is not right. But um, that's where we kind of wind up uh, Act Three. I mean Act Two because uh, they're like, "Oh, a kink in the plan." Okay, so Act Three, we've got Bell and Gregson questioning poor Benny again, and he swears he didn't kill anybody, um, but they don't believe him. And finally, at the last second, he's like, "What if I had an alibi?" So then he can. I want to point out the fact that just from another another forensic point of view, the fact that like they specifically said earlier that she fought back and hurt a guy enough to like have cast off on this thing. There's no injuries on him. His nose is fine. There's no like abrasions on his face. They haven't shown any abrasions on his body. Where is this blood coming from that they found mm-hmm. from his body? That's a really mm. good point. That's a really easy way for yeah. them to tell. That's the thing. Like when they when they when they cast in the obstinate Gregson like person, they put like, oh, we're just gonna go with this dumb line of thinking. They always rule out very obvious forensic data that they could use to exclude somebody. And this is a very obvious reason why he probably didn't do this because there's no physical evidence that he was cut or hurt or bleeding enough to cast that much blood but on him. But they had to do have f- their legally blonde moment where he revealed his shameful alibi. I know, <laughs> but I love I love this alibi so though. Good. Like. Uh, dude, I wouldn't blame you. Like, that's crazy, but fuck, dude. Do you think it's like, possible? Oh, they doing it again? You don't think it's possible to get punched hard enough to bleed a little bit, but not hard enough to leave a bruise? Not and have that much blood hit the wall. Oh, I don't think it was that much. I thought it was like a It was a, a good, spray. it was a decent spatter. A small spray. Like it a was, light it mist. Was like, it was a good chunk. <laughs> there were some heavy droplets, Allison. <laughs> or I guess, I mean, I don't know. It could have been like a that lip situation then it, it's gone down in the past couple yeah, of days slap some ice on there you'll be fine <laughs> how long has it been this yeah. is the next day right yeah so even know. if it came from his mouth or his nose which heal really fast there should still be some way to tell like get him in to see a doctor yeah. does he have abrasions in his mouth yeah and he doesn't yeah. have to or have, have his nose at. and he doesn't have to have cuts on his like face he could be, he could have been like waiting for her to show up and he's in the corner flossing but he doesn't floss a whole lot so he's got some blood in his mouth <laughs> right and then he just whips his head a certain way and all that blood goes on the wall a dentist would be able to tell yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like oh you have gingivitis. right but they're not interested mm-hmm. in exonerating him no <laughs> gee exactly. it's almost they think they have it's their almost man. like the american legal justice system is all about convictions and not about actual justice Huh. <gasps> oh. maybe oh. maybe <laughs> i mean i'm not maybe. saying that Sherlock is saying that. I'm not I'm not saying I'm just saying the writers of elementary are saying that. <laughs> and they're not wrong. So, George, what is this amazing alibi? So the alibi is the fact that he lives in an apartment that has a view of another apartment across the way. And he has noticed that uh, he had noticed at one point that uh, the, the 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 resident male and the nanny 
were um, getting very friendly. And he said, start out with kisses and touches. And, and apparently they uh, progressed to the point where they were full on in, for, in flagrante. <laughs> and he was taking some photos with the hopes of possibly uh, blackmailing this individual with these uh, said photos. And uh, so, so he was like, so I couldn't have killed your girl because I was too busy taking very long distance voyeur porn photos for blackmail purposes. <laughs> he is super lucky that he was probably using a digital camera that has a timestamp. Timestamp. Yep. If he was yep. using a classic and even film if they don't camera, actually have a timestamp, wouldn't have meant anything. Yeah. Even if they have an actual timestamp on the image, they definitely have metadata that is very hard to alter without mm. like obvious like messing with it. So yeah. So he's pretty good. But they're like, sorry, bud, we have your blood with 13 loci uh, matching your blood sample. So, uh, like, we don't, we can't get any more precise than that. This is your it's blood. a lot of mm -hmm. And he's like, D mm -hmm. yeah, this is not like, possible. Where's the TVA to clean up all these loci? I know, all these prunings. <laughs> <laughs> My takeaway from and, the the situation with Benny is that everybody should always, just like every 15, 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, just take a photo of where you're at. Mm. That way you always have an alibi. Yeah. Or just have like, have like find my phone on or something that they can track your, track your location. Yeah. That's a lot simpler. Can you go back and. It's <laughs> a lot more simple. Do, can yeah. you look at like where you were for the past week? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I think there are programs that will let yeah. you like follow. Yeah, I get emails from are. Google every month where it's like, these are the places you went. It's like you went here for the yeah, first Google time. Knows. And you went here every day, Monday through Friday, because it's your job. And it's like, cool, thanks. <laughs> and I get that same email from Google. You didn't go anywhere this month. Yeah. <laughs> Let's follow your journey. You're useless. See all you're the interesting places. Julia, you, you are dead to us. Sincerely, Google. Yes. Oh, thanks, thanks Google. Google. We needed to hear that. <laughs> so, um, Sherlock tells Joan he wants her to take the sweaters back. He uses some kind of lame excuse about a, a, a calligraphy incident and um she wants to pick another dry cleaner but he insists she go back to the worst dry cleaners in the world i um i worked front desk at a dry cleaner in high school oh if boy. somebody brought in sweaters or any article of clothing that had ink on it you don't just drop that off and run we are going to have a conversation <laughs> Mostly that conversation is going to be me saying, this probably won't come out with dry cleaning. Mm. Do you really want to spend $20 on an individual item like to get us to work on it and it might not come out? You worked at a good dry cleaner. I did. Probably. I did. Yeah, Julia, was your dry cleaner a front for the Polish mafia? You know what? <laughs> I was there in high school. I have no idea. So, so it's it possible. Probably was. It's yeah. possible. Probably was. Yeah. <laughs> We're not ruling it out. Um, so, uh, we're, Sherlock is still convinced that Benny didn't do it, um, and he's working on finding another explanation. This is where we get the possibility one and possibility two thing. If he didn't do it, how the hell did his blood get on that painting? So, then we cut back to the dry cleaners, and the Russian granny is so pissed to see Joan again. Um, She's Polish. Oh, right. Polish. I'm just glad I wasn't Polish the one granny. making that mistake 30 this years time. ago, that would have been the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. So, uh, Watson, this is when she notices that the mink coat from the day before is still there. It hasn't moved. 
And then she starts noticing all the expensive security cameras and uh, a little light bulb goes off over Watson's head. <laughs> and then she bursts into Sherlock's conference call with his six TV media room. And uh, she announces that she's figured out the thing with the dry cleaners. It's a front. And uh, he puts his call on hold and tells her, you know, okay, it's good that you're learning and that you're being more alert, but does, that doesn't mean there's a threat behind every door. So he kind of bursts her balloon. He tries to put her <laughs> off the scent and she yeah. is not to be dissuaded. Yeah. So then uh, he tells her, actually, I've been consulting with all these geneticists, except for the one in Norway with the fjord. And um, they've found a way that Benny's blood could have ended up at the crime scene. So law enforcement, as we have heard, only tests for 13 loci. But that's like... We get a little moment where he's like, would you like to explain? And the old guy's oh, like, yeah. well, first I must give you a background in molecular... He's like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, she, he's a little long-winded. No okay. time. And then he's like, busts it down for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, they... Apparently there are like hundreds of loci in a DNA sample. So if they're only testing for 13 then the, all the person would have to do is recreate those 13 from an existing sample of another person and ignore the other things. So they had the sample, uh, they had Benny's sample tested again, and lo and behold, there was the 13 loci and nothing else was there. It was just like a blank um, slate. That sounds Fishy. so sloppy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty. It just relies on the police only having that very limited test. Right, doing the bare minimum of work. Which, I mean, they yeah. would police. never do the bare minimum of work when it came to solving a case. Come on. That's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> it's the husband. So, now they need to figure out, who, well... They already know this. He's like, well, who pointed us in Benny's direction to begin with? And we all know it was the fiancé. So we go back to the precinct with that douche fiancé and Gregson and Bell questioning him. He has the means, he has the skill, and he works at a super fancy lab. Um, See, this is what, this is Gotcha Gregson. I like Gotcha Gregson. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, I'm going to lay out all the bits, and this is what we're going to do, and I'm going to tell you how you're wrong, and then we're going to have Sherlock ask a very poignant question, but first I'm going to be like, well, you got He's going to really Columbo this. <laughs> One more thing Yeah, and he just sums it up. He's like, oh, well, you have all, you have the means, you have the motive, you have the genetic equipment, which, by the way, our, 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 we have officers over there right now, and we told your employers, and he said, no, no, please come look, because we don't want an association with that piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And it was great, because it's like, he just like, it was good. And I like the fact that he's like, <sighs> she did the test when we got together, because she said it would be fun, and then she found out I had the warrior gene and says it wouldn't be a big deal, but then she started cheating on me, so I killed her. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you acting like such a butthurt piece of shit for oh, being, God. oh, I have the warrior gene, when you're acting like a fucking psychopath yeah. warrior gene? was yeah. so abrupt. It yeah. was like, oh, but yeah, so I, yeah, I, yeah. I killed her and then faked it. I always but, knew yeah. it was going <laughs> to end this way. It's like, 
All right, mm-hmm. you got okay. me. Sitting here denying that he's got the warrior gene. Meanwhile, he's like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to murder her. Well, yeah, like, I figured that out. Yeah, it's like, do you think that it was the discovery of the gene that put her off? Or just the that she was getting to know him better? And yeah, he was <laughs> red flag city over here. Um, but also the fact that what he was interpreting as um, signs that she was cheating on him were really just, uh, well, what we come to find out later. She wasn't cheating. Well, he's like, he, she was cheating on me with someone named Lincoln Dunwoody. Like, oh, yeah. God, why would you waste and your was, time on someone named Lincoln <laughs> Dunwoody? Also, I find it hard to believe that in New York City, there's not a single fucking person with the name Lincoln Dunwoody. Mm. I find that hard to believe, too. When he said the name Lincoln Dunwoody, I didn't blink at all. Like, yeah, that sounds like a reasonable upper crust white that sounds boy. Sounds like name. someone Ty knows. I guess we could do a check. Just Google it. <laughs> if we Google Lincoln Dunwoody and it only comes up with Sherlock references. There is a Twitter account, Lincoln Dunwoody. That's the number one Sherlock uh, fan cast. <laughs> they have zero followers and are following zero people. The third return is go. this episode. <laughs> mm. So, let's see. And Dunwoody Courtyard Apartments, owned by the Lincoln Property Company. That's suspicious. <laughs> it is. I think they should be investigated. Maybe that's where they got it from. So, uh, we have the confession, but he swears he doesn't know anything about... Um, like, you know, uh, what's the word for giving people? He uses a specific word for giving people CAA. I can't remember. Inducing. Inducing. Yes. There you go. Okay. Uh, he's like, I don't even. He's saying poisoning. It's like, oh, you. They said that. He's like, oh, you poisoned so many people. Yeah. Like, can you poison somebody if you give them a genetic disorder? Is that how that works? That's not how that works. Yeah, it seems like a whole yeah. new category I think of poison has to be ingested. Venom is injected. Ooh, and CAA is a yeah. suppository. Just, uh... <laughs> Which good luck to them. Forget. I mean, this, this person is like subtle. Right. The perpetrator <laughs> got it into their colonics. Yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> they are well. Yeah. So. You know yeah, they get like, regular like colonics. This, yeah. Out sure. and in. <laughs> That's how he gets absorbed so fast. <laughs> it's right through those mucous membranes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so uh, we cut to Sherlock staring at a wall of post-its that say Lincoln Dunwoody. And Watson's kind of trying to comfort him. And, you know, but like, but you caught the guy who killed her. And... Um, or who killed Natasha. So Sherlock is, that's when he's telling her there's nobody in New York named Lincoln Dunwoody, but there are two different well-known, uh, families, one named Lincoln and one named Dunwoody, each very wealthy, uh, and each with family members who are recently stricken with hereditary conditions, but have no previous family history. So... They go to, can I just be honest? I'm really not sure what what they were trying to accomplish by visiting Mrs. Dunwoody, but they go to like a care facility um, 
where they this... were trying to see people that had been stricken by like of the, apparently everybody that on this list had developed CAA. Yeah. So they were just going to see someone who had it and be like, oh, yeah, make sure she she's has not it. faking just it. Just confirmation. Right. Because uh, in yeah. the okay. research, the Lincoln family, they were able to verify that he was diagnosed with CAA. But the Dunwoody family, she just disappeared. Oh, there you and go. And Sherlock go. Okay. found a sizable donation to a hospital. So, like, oh, well, I'll bet you like that's where dollars. they put yeah. her. Yeah. So they went and found yeah. her there. They wanted to make sure she wasn't locked up in some padded room somewhere. Oh, and she definitely isn't. It looks like a very nice yeah. place. Yeah, it was beautiful. The, the whole scene. Yeah. Dementia patients I find very, very sad. It breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the moment where he's like, it's tragic, you know, the brain decays, but the muscle memory remains. And, you know, it's just like watching the body fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, she even thinks that he might be her son. Yeah. Like, I have to practice if I want to get in Juilliard. I like that he brings her flowers. That was sweet. Yeah. Sherlock is sweet. He can be so sweet when he wants to be. So. That's when Joan is like, oh, someone is poisoning these people. Then we cut to Sherlock cleaning the fridge, um, enthusiastically scrubbing with a toothbrush. With a toothbrush. Yeah. That's a level <laughs> yeah. of commitment that. That's how you get in the crevices. I don't think I've cl- ever cleaned anything it's with a toothbrush, be a... except my teeth. I have. Oh, I definitely have bathrooms primarily. Never my fridge, and definitely Sometimes not with the, the same. Sometimes the toothbrush is the only way. Sometimes the toothbrush is the only way to get dog poop out of treads. There Ooh. you go. Okay. But then you never use that toothbrush on the fridge later. That's If you're lucky. You're done with that toothbrush. <laughs> Keep it well away from your sink. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is this one tastes weird. <laughs> so this is not Crest. This is that organic toothpaste. This refrigerator scene is the one where Watson has a theory about the Fjord guy that... Maybe he, maybe that Carter Leiden co-signed the loan for the guy in Norway because he wanted the guy in Norway to help with the father's case, not so much that the Norway mm. guy caused the father's case. Mm. Yeah, and he was I, just bribing I think that's him with a house. Going to have to suffice as a wrap up to that. Yeah, suspicion. I mean, I guess yeah. that's, that's I mean, what I'm getting. Carter Leiden is not above bribing people based on his father's previous example of trying to bribe Sherlock with a bee. So why wouldn't the son try and buy bribe a geneticist with a house? Yeah. Do you think he had that bee just like on lock and just like happened to be like, Oh shit, this might work here, yeah. here, here's a bee. I mean, or did he had to go in like one thing's for sure. Bee. The gift of that bee really put a bee in Sherlock's bonnet around about this case. <laughs> Oh, oh, that was harsh, you guys. Oh, oh, Rick. (laughs) Oh, Rick. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, She comes in and she's been doing her work on the case and and wants to talk about it. And basically, Sherlock's like, I already figured that, that out and have moved on to cleaning the refrigerator. Um. So they talk through it, and the only people who could benefit from donations to the study of CAA are people who already have CAA, and they know that Natasha was a whistleblower. So it's like, who would be the smartest person at that lab where all these, um, where the, um, the, what would you even call it? Shenanigans. The poison or the in, 
the chemical molecules were created, the DNA was created, um, who would be the smartest person? Well, it's the guy in the portrait. So they question him. His name is Mr. Watt. Watt. And he shows up with his... <laughs> Watt. Watt Tamber? His, uh, his lawyer is there, and he doesn't say much at all. Um, turns out he's partially retired. They do the thing where they tell us what the crime was, and he's pretty much guilty. Um, he has CAA, and uh, that's why he's been so quiet in the interview is because... I thought it was just they want to pay him for the lines. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, I'm sorry. He has one he does line. Have lines. What, is the, what is the thing he says? You, he says you you're don't wrong. Know what you're talking about it. Yeah, I think that's oh, that's wrong. right. Something like that. Yeah. Right, technically, if it's a five and under, you get a different pay rate than if yeah, it's, it's over five. It's long, two. So. It's two words. Do you get paid more if you have yeah, to sit for a portrait, make... though? <laughs> nope. No, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you get paid more if you have to shave your head for something. Really. If you're an extra, you get like a pay bump oh, man, and you have to I shave should, your head or alter just your be body an extra. image in some way. Yeah. Be like, I had yeah. to shave my <laughs> head to be yeah, here. Yeah, I'll do it. Show up with a wig on. <laughs> like extra hundred bucks, just take a wig off, Rick. Brilliant. That was quick. Um, so speaking of people getting busted for their crimes, Watson figures out that, you know, she... You know, the dry cleaners are in some dirty business. So she brings Belle down there and uh, it, pretty soon it's swarming with cops and, and Polish granny is really pissed you now. You could almost say that it's buzzing with activity. Oh, Ooh. yeah, it is. It is. Yes. And uh, there's, a, you know, a couple of moments in this episode. This is one of them where... Watson's face like just lights up with how proud she is of herself and I enjoy those so much there was a moment in the opening scene where um, I think it's when she points out that uh, oh you're checking their phone and you're gonna see who yeah. the last contact is and <laughs> she just she gets like this just silly like grin and it's so something we don't get a lot from her character uh, so I think it's a really fun side of her um and it shows like how much fun she's having in this new profession, even now, even so early on. Um, so she runs home to tell Sherlock about it, and he's uh, locked in a room trying to catch this <laughs> the Osmia Avocetta. Mia. Mia. Uh, because they got Although, got loose. <laughs> that would have been really funny if like she had opened the door and it just flown out. <laughs> oh, that would have like. been so terrible. Like, oh, Sherlock. I hope somebody was feeding this bee. I mean... Well, bees kind of feed themselves. You just have to give them a flower. Yeah, not lock them in a box. Yeah. Right, not lock them in a box. Hmm. Hopefully Sherlock was handling that. Or they had a bee wrangler on set who was doing <laughs> it. So, Watson wants to know why Sherlock pretended to not know what she was talking about. What Sorry, I just, thought of the, I just thought of the or title that's definitely going to be on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you can tell me on. later. We'll keep it a surprise. <laughs> um, so he says, I wanted you to learn to follow your instincts. And then he catches the beat, and we're done with the episode. 
And the no, there's a great moment. Is, well, the, oh. the way the way he's like, the, uh, you're, you're glossing over the awesomeness of this moment because he's Uh-oh. like got to be caught, and he's like sitting there and he says something about like this is I like I I'm teaching you to keep an eye on the way things are not the way things appear to be. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. And he's like, that's how I do it. That's how my assistant should do it. And like, he kind of smiles at her and she smiles at him and the music kind of comes up. And it's just like, after the number of times we've had like just some sad bastard guitar (laughs) music playing where they kind of stare each other forlornly through a doorway where they won't express their feelings. This was very good (laughs) ending. This was an amazing ending. Yeah, I liked it too. It's definitely like, you get to see how much fun they're having together. And like all the the way Watson's world is kind of opening up uh, to all these new possibilities. It's fun. Uh, and then the, the outro song is New Alphabet by Eels, which I dug. I do like the Eels. Yeah. So, right, should so we do fades? I'm not going to scroll down because I don't want to see Allison's fades. Oh, but, uh... I, can, I can copy and paste mine away. Um, yeah, so uh, let's do faves. Uh uh, Julie, you want to go first? What's your favorite? What's your favorite? You want to do outfit first? Yes, I'll start with the outfit. Um, okay. The day I think it was the second day of the storyline. Um, it was when we started out in the brownstone. Um, Watson was practicing the stick thing. She's wearing this <laughs> shirt, yeah. and it's 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 shaped like a t-shirt. It looks very comfortable. Um, the the pattern on it is florals set up in almost a geometric pattern. Oh, yeah, I really yeah. liked the shirt because I, I found it um, pleasing. Like, I would probably buy that shirt if I found it. What I liked about it was that it was distinctive enough. You could follow that shirt through the episode. It was really easy to tell mm-hmm. what was happening the same day. She was literally wearing that same outfit, that same shirt for several scenes until it was clear the day Apparently was over. single stick does not get you very sweaty. Yeah. 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 It almost looked like the pattern of a kaleidoscope. When yeah. It's breaking apart. It's kind of symmetrical. Like fractal yeah. flowers. Yeah. Uh, I think Very my big. favorite outfit was probably the the coat and earmuff combination that Watson was wearing. I think it's in two scenes. When she first goes to the dry cleaner and then again once they're leaving the executive's office and she's like having to deal with the pen. I'm a sucker for a for a nice coat, so I really liked mm-hmm. that one. She has some good well, ones. in New Hampshire, yeah. you have yeah. to be. Oh, true. You got to appreciate coats. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's yours, Allison? Uh, mine's going to Watson's accessories this episode, particularly in the beginning. She has these, like, oxblood-colored uh, ankle boots that are, I mean, they're completely impractical, but this is par for the course for Watson. You don't know what to wear to a murder scene? <laughs> I mean... I, it makes my feet hurt just thinking about wearing these things. They look like five inches. Mm. Um, but then she also has like leather gloves and she's wearing a black beret, which typically I don't really like berets, but she can make it work. Um, and there was also a great coat in one later scene that was like kind of a like suede. A great coat like a, a great dis- coat. No, it was like a, I think it was in the final scene. It was like a moto jacket with. Like it was distressed suede, kind of a taupe mm. color. Very cute. 
Uh, I think Allison and I are setting ourselves up. We have very opposite opinions on uh, Joan's <laughs> like flouncy miniskirt collection that she mm, has because mm-hmm. there are a lot of these in season one, and those seem to be my favorites of various things. <laughs> but she has like a little black like satiny number with like flowers on it that you see for a little bit in one scene. I think it's near the end. I'm like, that's pretty dope. I like that. Again, yeah. same with leggings as always. Always wearing the leggings, but yeah, because it's it's, it's nice. not it summertime cute. in New York. In this episode, mm-hmm. no. Also, like you never see, you never see Lucy Lou's bare, bare legs. Like we've talked about this before, so they always keep them covered. And even if she's wearing a dress or skirt, like there's always like you, she's always wearing tights with it. So that's how they roll. It, but yeah, in later like seasons, one. she does sometimes wear short dresses with heels, but the, it, it always looks very classy. I mean, that's I mean, she, that's bare legs, rolls. like it, she in summertime. But yeah, what about your words, guys? Yeah, let's just keep going okay, back around. My yeah. word, I have to pull it up because I, I can't say it from memory. It's the B. It's the Osmia Avocetta B. I, mm-hmm. I just finished reading a book about bees, so I was delighted when there was a fancy bee in this episode, so I looked up the bee. What, what was this bee book? Oh, it's literally called The Bees. That's the name of the book, The Bees. Okay. okay. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, and it's, it's a novel, not a, you know, scientific book. Yeah. Mm. Oh, still. And it was I mean, delightful. It's it's, the, the inner world of bees. It was yeah. fascinating. Uh, by, I'm trying to read from across the room, Laleen Polly. I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I got to look up about the bee and the, the beautiful petal nests that this bee makes. Um, there are some mm-hmm. pictures of it, and they are just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put those pictures on the show notes, too. It is... Almost like little watercolor wasps nests. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when Sherlock is sitting in the lobby of the genetics company, uh, Watts or whatever it's called, um, he's looking up at their surroundings and he describes it as utter pabulum. Uh, Pabulum. I missed that. It means bland or insipid intellectual Mm -hmm. fare, entertainment, etc. Pabulum. Ooh, that's a good one. Mine, I had a couple that I looked up, and it's hard to choose because attache was definitely one of my favorites, but um, I guess I'm going to go with shtum. (laughs) (laughs) Shtum? Shtum means silent or quiet, and it's from the Yiddish. Mm. I I had never heard that before. I don't know if it's more prevalent um, in British English or... I don't know. I, I've never heard that before. He's keeping stum. Nope. I think you're just making it up. <laughs> uh, my word... Well, actually, I have two, because I had two that I really didn't pick up. Um, I really liked um, apiculturalist, because I've never heard mm. that as a term for someone who is into bees yes. and keeping bees. I know apiaries and, like, you know, beekeepers, but I'd never heard, like, it applied together. So an apiculturalist was really cool. I liked that a lot. My other word was emollients. Oh, mm. yes. Emollients. Yeah. Emollients. Yeah. So. Good for your skin. Words are dope. Yeah. Unguents. So what was your, uh, what was your line? My Julia? line was when uh, it was the morning after they were working on the molecule with the the Tinker Toys. The toys? Yes. And he yeah. says, I worked hard on that dinosaur as Watson pulls it apart. That... I loved that because iterations of Sherlock Holmes are plentiful, but most of them are so self-serious. 
he, <laughs> he, is, he is actually like so whimsical humorless. and humorous. It yeah. made him so much That's more That's the big takeaway I enjoyed about the, the Robert Downey Jr. version is like the humor that he kept inserting into it because there was never any humor yes. in Sherlock Holmes. Mm. So mm. like that was my big favorite part about that run is the fact that like they would they would make jokes and they would poke at each other and it was like there was underlying so yeah it's really nice when they actually make jokes about like i worked hard on that dinosaur (laughs) (laughs) it's like he's having a moment of fun people let it let it let it ride yeah good call yeah i really liked the line very early on in the episode after holmes says to watson you mustn't allow your failure to discourage you and then joan fires back with didn't fail not discouraged I love. I just love the attitude she put on it. Be like, don't try and tell me how I feel about the situation. Don't tell me yeah. how to feel. Yeah. yeah. I like think she's standing up for herself. Yeah, was yeah. Really good. I like it when that happens. Yeah. She did good work, and she's learning, and yeah. she's like yeah. so comfortable with that. I think that's good. Um, my line was the one I already referenced. Norway has fjords and glaciers, and women reared on a diet of wild caught salmon. <laughs> And it, it worked. It made it. It's like a line written by the Norway Tourism Board. <laughs> I mean, we all now want to go there. So, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, my line was: "Detection is not just a skill; it's a point of view." Which mm. kind of it starts out in the beginning, and then he hammers it home at the end. Like that's kind of the overarching theme of the whole thing: is like pay attention to what's there, not what you assume is there. And like if you look for that, then you won't get caught up in what people are trying to tell you. And that's mm-hmm. how they dodge the red herrings as they look at what's available and how it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and It'd be nice if they looked at more blood spatter patterns and uh, wound marks, but uh, that's just <laughs> me, I guess. And I'll, also, I think what, what he's teaching her is this isn't something you turn on and off. It's not a nine to five detecting thing. It, you're going to use this 24-7. So even you're, when you're picking pers- up the dry cleaning. You're changing the way you see the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you're a Movies by Minute and podcaster that. and then you try and just watch a movie. And you get oh, stuck yeah. picking it you apart. Can't. It's, in, oh, it's impossible no. to watch anything without going like, oh, no, that coffee cup's on the wrong side. <laughs> <sighs> Fucking props, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, to let everyone know where they can find you on the Internet. You can do your private handles, your just show right, stuff, Well, the best you want. place for people to find Julia and I is to go to madmaxminute.com. That is our website. It is our hub for all of the different seasons that we've done. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we've done all of the Mad Max movies one minute at a time. And we are currently in the thick of doing Waterworld two minutes at a time. Uh, we justify that by saying we're doing it H2O minutes at a time. <laughs> At the beginning of every episode. I love it. <laughs> I was kind of on there for an episode. Uh, social media is at Mad Max Minute on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So you can find us there as well. Awesome. Uh, you guys know where to find us. Email us at elementarypod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at elementarypod. Twitter at elementarydeers. Uh, swing by our Facebook group, The Brownstone My Dears, and say hello. Uh, and then big thanks to our friend Jim Boggs for the elementary theme remix. Yep. And until next time, it's the, a game. the game, game is, is afoot! afoot. <laughs> Yay. Thank you guys for coming. I, our pleasure. Yeah, I was put that in there before I wrapped up.
brief stretch in London, I talked only to a phrenology bus, I kept him in my study. I named him Angus. It was insane. Everyone's on the same page. Anybody has to pee? Uh, oh, by the way, I put in a bathroom break this episode between Act 2 and 3, so... All right. I, I hope your bladders nice. correspond to Allison's bathroom break. <laughs> the la- if not, hold it. <laughs> we can hold stop. It. We can no. stop at any time. Hold it. We will turn this <laughs> podcast around. <laughs> it was just the last time we did this, uh, when I got up from my chair, I was in physical pain. And I had to limp to the bathroom. You, you could have said something beforehand. <laughs> but you get on a roll. Rather than giving yourself a kidney rupture. I know. It's just like you're on a roll. You don't want to break the flow. And then at a certain point, it's too late for a bathroom break because you're like, okay, this is wrapping up soon. Anyway. Let's just power through. Like, Allison, your eyes are watering. You're like, no, that's pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> it's backed all the way up. <laughs> that's not healthy. It's just up, 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 up. Yeah. My back teeth are beyond floating. <laughs> for their seasons on it. So if he's dragging his feet because of me, I'm going to feel really bad. But he's, I'm not he's nearly... He's got to make sure all the details wait, wait. right. I'm not nearly as egotistical enough to think that he took anything I said to heart. <laughs> you guys buried the lead here. You did an interview with the George I Miller? I told you he sends him a Christmas card in the intro, I Allison. thought you were joking. <laughs> I thought that no, was... He fucking... I mean, it is a joke. We do not get Christmas cards from George Miller. Right. But yeah, Rick interviewed George But they have Miller. interviewed yeah. him. And he, he name-checked the podcast yep. in an yep. interview he did. That's so cool. <laughs> he was cool. talking to yeah, IndieWire, yeah. and then he just name-dropped us out of nowhere. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to send an email to his personal assistant, because I know someone who works in the same office as he does, and we're going to see if we can get him on the show. Oh, he name-dropped you before yeah. you yeah. interviewed him. That's amazing. Yeah. 